The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart-Smith. Coffee over there, Mike? No, it's a regular coffee. It's a regular coffee? In a fancy Well, today's not a regular episode of the Believe You Me podcast, boys. Look at this. We're starting with all three on stage right at the beginning. Thank you, everyone, (laughs) for being here. It is another episode of Believe You Me, and Anthony Smith is not going to be here because, of course, he's fighting this weekend. And I'm also leaving to England in just a few days. Tales from the Octagon. I don't know about you, boys. Have you ever promoted organized, wrote, written, made an entire show happen where there's going to be thousands of people showing up? Um, well, here's the thing. Yes, but not one that I was also starring in, which sounds like <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare of an undertaking. So I can understand well, why you're hyped. Listen, listen, I am hyped. Ticket sales are going great. And the show now, I finally figured it out. I'll tell you what, it's a lot of stress. They came to me and said, right, listen, Mike, got another idea for a show for you. Do you want to do it? Then I had to go away and come up with the show, with the concept <laughs> of the show, write the show. I'm not a stand-up comedian. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a little bit of a a challenge, shall we say, but now I'm in a good mood because I finally got it down, what I'm going to say. So I'm going to come out, I'm going to do about 25, 30 minutes at the beginning. Then we're going to get some crowd participation. We're going to bring out Tom Aspinall. We're going to bring out Paul Craig, Brendan Lofnan. I'm happy to announce he will be joining us as well. we got some fun and games with the audience. I'll be doing a live Q&A. We've got one of those spinner wheel things. We've got all kinds of forfeits on there. We've got all kinds of madness. So there is some tickets still available, myticket.co.uk. But I'll tell you what, for anyone that wants to lose weight, just go out there and create a show, okay? <laughs> I'm down from like 235 to 210 pounds simply through stress and not eating. You're getting svelte. I'm getting svelte, baby. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Let's go. That's all people say. Anyway, um, enough about that, but I will see you all there. Anyone that's bought a ticket, you're not going to be disappointed because the show is going to be brilliant. I'm very excited. Brendan Lofnan stepping up last minute. So we've got a third guest as well. And we've got something very, very funny in store, but you're going to have to come and see the show. Harrington, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm absolutely great. And I mean, you know, I, I, I know we're moving on from Tales from the Octagon, but just listen. If you're on the fence about buying tickets to this thing, Mike behind the scenes for the last month has been obsessing over this show. There is no doubt in my mind it is going to be a very worthwhile uh, evening spent out with the boys. Well, thank you very much. You clearly have a lot of faith in me. No, the, the first one was great. It went down so well, but I was shitting it. I, I haven't been this light <laughs> since the last show. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. All you got to do is do a show, ladies and gentlemen, and you will lose a lot of weight. I've been waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, last time I was having dreams and nightmares that as I started, everyone was just leaving. They, they are real nightmares that I had. <laughs> this time I haven't been having them ones, but I have been waking up in the middle of the night 
and thinking of other things and then picking up my phone at like three o'clock in the morning. My wife's like, what the hell are you doing? She thinks I'm like slightly texting somebody. I'm like, no, I've, I've got another idea and I'm writing it in my phone and stuff before I forget it. But anyway, enough about that. Anthony Smith will be stepping back in the octagon this weekend. I've seen him talking this week. He's talking about how if he gets this done, there's a good possibility he might fight for the title. But of course, he's got to focus on Khalil Roundtree. Khalil is no, he's no walk in the park. And this new version of Khalil Roundtree, even if Sean Strickland wants to discredit him, even if Sean Strickland wants to talk shit, remember that? Remember when Sean was going on because uh, he because Khalil was crying and stuff? I do not remember this, but that sounds... No, that you sounds must like remember very that. Much of Sean Strickland's wheelhouse. Brian, do you remember that? It's not ringing any bells, but the... Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. It was yep. uh, after his last win when he got all emotional after it, right? And then yeah, yeah, like, yeah. shouldn't be crying. Yeah, no, he was in typical Sean Strickland fashion. But hey, listen, you, I, I do love that about Sean. He's not asked. He will say whatever he wants to say, whether it's Ian Gary, whether it's on women, whether they should be back in the kitchen. His words, not mine before you... You know, feminists and leftists come for me. That's his words. Um, but it is refreshing to see somebody of his stature just not giving a shit. Well, he's like the only one who can, right? Like, I personally cannot say a word about Khalil Roundtree crying because that man could murder me with one eye closed. Like, you know what I mean? It's just not a thought for him. So the only guy who can actually mock someone for crying when you're that good of a fighter is somebody who's a world champion fighter. It's mm, Sean Strickland. Incredible position did, to be in. What, what did you do then? You go, mm. Finger kiss. Just, just mm. do it again. Chef's kiss, dude. Do it one he, more time. Guys, right, now never do that again. Okay. That was terrible. That was terrible. Anyway, we're going on a bit of a tangent, a bit of a segue there. Um, Anthony Smith, how are you feeling about the fight? I'll be honest, I haven't spoken to Anthony because I don't want to be bothering him. He's got his hands full. He's in Las Vegas. Um, took it on what? Two weeks? Yeah, I think two maybe a little bit less, like 10 days. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah it was two weeks because he needed the extra week to prepare. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So two weeks. So Khalil, I'm looking at Khalil's record, 12 and 5, eight knockouts, no submissions. Chris Dawkins, just Dustin Jacoby, Carl Robertson, and Modestus Bukowskis. Modestus Bukowskis, remember, that was that awful, that awful leg break when he did that mm -hmm. oblique kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl Robertson took him out of there. Dustin Jacoby, who's a really, really good fighter as well. And then last time out, knocked out Chris Dawkins in two minutes, 40 seconds. But Chris Dawkins was coming down from heavyweight, wasn't mm -hmm. he? And I think he'd been knocked out a few times. I think when you look at this fight, um, obviously it's short notice for Anthony. And, and as we've said before, I mean, that speaks volumes to the type of man that he is. You know, it's not an easy fight. It's not an easy fight for anybody. I do think that Anthony's the better striker. He's taller. He's longer. He's got way more experience. He's better on the ground. So I think when you look at it like that, I think skill for skill, Anthony's the better guy. I think he's, he's the, he is the better wrestler. Khalil is powerful. He does like to kick legs a lot. And we know that's kind of been an issue for Anthony. He's been very open about that. But I'd also be surprised if he hasn't been working on that. You know what I mean? No man alive should be taking that many leg kicks and not learning how to block them. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure, I'm sure, I am sure he's been working on that. Um, but as I say, skill for skill. 
he's the better guy. He really is. He's the better martial artist. But it's a fight, and anything can happen, and one good shot can change everything. What do you think, Harrington? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like the, the the all the guys you were naming, like I, I remember especially the Dustin Jacoby fight. From my recollection, Jacoby was having a lot of success uh, against Roundtree before Roundtree just found like that big combination and 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 really changed the complexion of the fight. So that is terrifying, especially you know the the first five minutes with that guy and the the leg kicks. But I do think, you know, Anthony is the type of guy we saw it. I mean, the Johnny Walker fight where every single thing that could have gone wrong went wrong. Anthony still got that to to, you know, a a 15 minute decision. And I think Khalil Roundtree is the kind of guy where if you're hanging around for 15 minutes with him, you'll find the opening that you need to to turn the tide in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I I totally agree. And, And if I'm not mistaken, the Khalil Roundtree and Dustin Jacoby one, that was kind of controversial, right? The decision was controversial, where I think a lot of people thought Jacoby won that. Uh, I'm trying Am to I remember right? if that was the one or if that was a, a TKO, but you 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 might be right about that. I Like I said, I do remember Dustin Jacoby having... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a split decision. Kelvin Cater versus Brendan Allen. Yeah, I commentated that because some some people messaged me afterwards and were like, did you not think that was a robbery? And I don't know if it was a robbery, but it was one of those. It could have gone either way. That's why it was a split decision. Um, it's just because we care about Anthony. Go on. That's, that's right. I do remember this fight now, and I remember Jacoby had a big, big, big round three. Um, yeah, and, and I remember thinking, like, if he had poured on the gas a little bit instead of going for a takedown, he might have been able to get the finish there. I think Anthony, being the veteran that he is, makes the right decision in a moment like that. What do you think? What approach do you think Anthony's going to use? I think he'll probably use the reach, stay on the outside, use his jabs. I think he's going to look to take him down. I mean, that's his MO a lot of the time. He labels himself as a jiu-jitsu guy. He's got great striking. I'll never forget, all right, he lost against Glover Teixeira. But I was there, it was... Jacksonville, right in the pandemic, and I was uh, doing the Pulse Fight show, so I was watching the fight. And I remember the hand speed on Anthony. In that fight, he looked very fast and very crisp. So I think he's faster. I think he's longer. He's got the better wrestling. He's by far got the better jujitsu. It's the power of Khalil. That's what he's got to watch. And as friends, that's what worries me. Anthony's got a chin now. I don't think he's got a habit of getting knocked out. I mean, let's just have a look. How many times has Anthony been knocked out? Just looking because it's a conversation. Yeah. yeah, he's been knocked out ten times. Knocked out ten. Hold on, but knockout is one thing. I think TKO. I yeah. mean, Magomed Ankalaev. That's classed as a TKO. So that's one of them. Glover Teixeira. I mean, what a fight that was. I mean, that was legendary, wasn't it? I mean, the Brazilian that, zombie. Yeah, but that part, that part where Glover's pummeling him, and then the teeth come out. I mean, that's the most gangster shit I've seen in the UFC. It is. I think ever. He just picked <laughs> up mean, his teeth, handed them to the refs, and hold on to these. <laughs> we've spoke about that many times, but it's, I don't mind talking about that time after time again because knocks his teeth out. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, gives them to the ref, and then Glover's like, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. And then he's like, it is what it is. <laughs> Take some more shots. You know, it, it was great. It really was. Uh, so, yeah. I don't think I have to say this, but on behalf of the Believe in Me podcast, let's go, Anthony. Oh, tentatively, watch us watch along on the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, no, that is correct. We will be doing a live watch along, guys. We'll be live, the three of us, calling the fights, being very, very nervous. Harrington's going to be overreacting 
to every little thing that Anthony does. Yeah, you know I he, am. You move, he moves his hand. He didn't hit anything and you're jumping out of your skin. I'm like, relax for crying out loud. I, My I, God. Mike, I don't know if you know this. When you know the guy who's in there, it's very emotional for you. Is it really? Is it really? <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're all excited about that one. Um, we had some big fight bookings yesterday. Uh, none other. Giga Jakarze, you probably saw this. Everyone's seen the video doing the rounds online. He was sparring, getting ready for his fight against Josh Emmett. Throws a kick, tore his groin, hit the canvas straight away. I saw the news yesterday. None other than Mr. Flat Earth himself. Evolution is a ploy sent by the devil worshippers. What else did he say? Uh, um, dinosaurs are dinosaurs are fake, and yep. the Earth is flat. Oh, oh. And we can't go to the North Pole because it's all yeah, sectioned yeah, yeah. off. There's a wall around it, and on the other side of the wall, there's all kind of crazy creatures. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. And we're talking about Bryce Mitchell, oh. everybody. Oh, and the world ended three months ago. It did. <laughs> Remember? No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, no, it did. It did the... Now, now, people that believe in that stuff will say, no, that was a figure of speech. That is the world ending. It's coming to an end. The rapture is coming. It is the end of days. The pets' heads are falling off. The roof is collapsing, okay? Morality is out the window. Men can be women. Day is night. Dark equals light. I read and the, the devil's Bible coming for all of us. I read well, the Bible one time that uh, pets' heads falling off is a sign of the apocalypse. Is it really? Are no. you serious? No, oh, no, right. No. Okay. Because I was going to say, because my fucking pets' heads fell off happened. recently. <laughs> it just happened. Oh, dear. So Bryce Mitchell stepping up against Josh Emmett. I do like Bryce Mitchell. Okay. It's a long drink after saying the words, I like Bryce Mitchell. No, no. I was handing you the baton. I oh, saying. okay. Back um, and forth. Back and forth, brother. Dude, I mean, this is a this is a huge pop for him. If I'm not mistaken, Bryce Mitchell's lone loss is to Ilya Teporia, who is now yep. fighting for a title. So, I mean, it's like you, you, coming out of that, you know, earlier this year, you know, I think Bryce Mitchell's stock had had fallen just a little bit, but he comes out, he gets he gets the big win his last time out. Now he finds himself in a position, uh, uh, you know, up against Emmett, who recently fought for an interim title, where he's now one fight away from from you know potentially getting himself back in the title talks. Yeah, I don't know if one win. I mean, listen, yeah, Emmett did just fight. Was that the undisputed or the interim belt? Interim. It was the interim belt while uh, on the same card Volkanovski fought Makachev the first time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Pardon me. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, if he beats him and, as you say, the only loss was to Ilya Taporia, it does. No, I was going to kind of politely disagree with you there, but actually thinking about it, you're right. No, no, no. I agree. So, yeah, very, very important fight. Josh Emmett. I love watching that guy as well. So that's a tremendous fight. UFC 296 next week. Can't wait for that one. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. I mean, top to bottom, that's a tremendous fight card. Um, did you see that uh, Leon Edwards says that Colby's in a sh- going to be in for a shock? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 100%. That title's coming home, baby. Mm, well, no, because he's saying that everyone that Colby fought is around 35, 36, that the Tyrone Woodley that Colby beat was kind of past his best, which is fair enough. Robbie Lawler was way past his prime. And again, it was one of his final fights. And then who else? He said Jorge Masvidal. Okay, that was his last fight in the UFC. So I think he's kind of got a point. 
you know, but I do also think that, and we've spoke about this, with it being his last ever title fight, with Trump being in the building, with all the pressure and everything that was at stake, I think Colby's going to give him a tough test. Uh, he's still only 35 years old, and Leon's 32. So it's not like they're that different in terms of miles on the clock. True, but I mean, it is it is nuts to think about, right? For Colby's entire run, for him to have not fought anybody, you know, under under the age of probably Kamaru Usman was the youngest guy that he fought, and that was a guy who, when he was fighting Colby, uh, had to walk on grass because pavement was too too hard on his knees. So for somebody like Leon Edwards, is I do think that's going to present a whole new set of challenges that Colby might not be ready for. Mm. Oh, well, I don't know if he won't be ready for it. I think he knows what he's expecting. I mean, Leon Edwards is a pretty straightforward guy. When I say straightforward, he's going to come out and strike you. Now, of course, he was able to take Kamaru down in the first round when they fought the second time, mounted him, took his back. So I think he's got some sneaky grappling. But for the most part, his motus operandi is always on the feet. So Colby knows what he's going to do. He's going to fight him like he fights everybody. So I don't think there'll be any surprises, so to speak. But early prediction on that one, Harrington, what are you saying? I mean, Colby has to enter with his, you know, very, very basic boxing game. And I think that feeds right into what Leon does well, right? Anytime Colby's coming in with some, you know, looping punches, Colby, uh, Leon's going to be standing there with straights right back in his face to keep distance. Anytime Colby tries to rush it and go for a shot, Leon's going to be very quick with the knee. I don't see the path uh, for a successful entry from Colby Covington with Leon's game. Mm. Yeah, no, no, it is going to be tough. And of course, Leon's way taller, he's way longer, he's way faster, he is more technical as well. So it's a tough one for Colby. I, I, I think Leon probably gets the job done. I think Colby will have some moments. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? When you look at those fights with the Kamara Usman, yes, when you look at the record, two losses. But there were some big moments for Colby in both those fights. He definitely wobbled Kamara a couple of times. He definitely, you know, he definitely made Kamara Usman dig deep. You know what and I mean? So I feel so, like yeah. any anytime you have a high level level striker versus grappler, at least one of the five rounds, no matter how big the skill difference is, uh, you're gonna have that grappler who's just gonna steal a round by getting the takedown and 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 riding out a round. So yeah, you know. yeah. All right, today's episode is sponsored by Chalk.com. That is C-H-O-Q.com. And they specialize in all natural supplements. And they have a new product on the market. Yes, they have Chad Mod, which is the best, cleanest pre-workout. And it is the best way to get the ultimate pump up when you go to the gym naturally, of course. Chad Mode will give you the edge that you need before any activity, whether you're lifting, hiking, staying up late, or just having a long day's work. It will keep you dialed in. It will keep you focused. And of course, it's natural. Unlike 99% of the garbage-filled supplements on the market, Chad Mode is completely free of artificial flavors, preservatives, sweeteners, and dyes. All that stuff, that's going to give you cancer down the line. You don't want to be taking on all these chemicals, okay? In this Chad mode, it's just got organic lemon, cherry, and maple crystals, and no synthetic caffeine either. It's just organic green bean coffee extract. Now, Chuck uses full disclosure labeling to tell you the exact amount of every ingredient in there. There is no label fluffing or underdosing. All ingredients are measured to exact clinical research. So if you're looking for a super high potency, junk-free pre-workout that isn't going to make you feel weird, that isn't going to give you the jitters, and you want to start your day in the best mode possible, then you got to get into Chad mode because Chad mode has you covered. 
along with Chad Mode, be sure to check out their male vitality stack and the Stack Ultra, along with the Chalk Daily, the cleanest natural testosterone booster. So what more are you waiting for? You're waiting for the discount, which is a big one. It's 35% off your entire order. Listen, January's right here. Everybody starts with the resolution. So start it with a bang, start it with a pre-workout and start it naturally. Go to chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Use the code BISPING, 35% off your entire order. One more time, C-H-O-Q.com, promo code BISPING, 35% off your entire order. Um, all right, Brian, I'd like to get you on stage or not on stage. Yes, we're going to call you up for tell yeah, something else. Man. I'd like to get you to join us because I like your stuff when it comes to this. Harrington put this in at number one on the note. Vladimir Putin is urging Russian women to have eight children to uphold the tradition of large Russian families and to combat a declining birth rate and economy. And on that note, I never saw the footage, but all over Instagram yesterday, they kept saying Kim Jong-un of North Korea fame, of course, was crying his eyes out, begging North Korean women to have more children for the same reasons. So, Brian, what is going on there? Because I'm not sure. Are, are people not having babies in Russia and North Korea? People aren't having babies anywhere, Mike. Birth, yeah. birth rates have been declining dramatically over the past 10 years. And, uh, and it really is like a culture war thing. So, uh, you know... Nations need need babies to to uphold the work the workforce in a few years, and uh, if if the countries aren't having kids, there's going to be a huge economic collapse in in the next generation because nobody one nobody knows how to do anything, and two the people that do know how to do stuff are going to be too uh too aged out. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree with that. Put yourself in the middle, I reckon. So because when I look at oh, yeah. my, my, my monitor, it's like I'm looking away from you. There we go. Hello. Um, just if you don't mind, just look up. The population of Russia today compared to the population of Russia 50 years ago. Because you both said adamantly that people aren't having as many babies, yep. as many children. The population isn't getting boosted. Um, I'd like to see by what kind of stats, what kind of number we're dealing with here to the point where Kim Jong-un is crying his eyes out. Now, surely Kim Jong-un, given the, oh, the yeah. fair democratic leader oh. that he is. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he can sort that situation. <laughs> yeah. It would be so, an ethical dilemma. Well, it so, would be an ethical dilemma, but they're going hungry <laughs> in North Korea. They can't, I mean, I don't know what the rules are in North Korea, but there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a few. There, there <laughs> are. So, so it says here, this year, Russian population is estimated to be 144 million and change. Uh, in 1940, the population was almost 180 million. Wow. I've got 1973, which was exactly 50 years ago, and it was 132 million. So typically over a 50-year stretch, you're supposed to see, uh, a 35-year stretch, you're supposed to, see, supposed to see populations double. Uh, Russia's up about 10%. Uh, since the mm. 1970s. Which is surprising because Russia has a lot of good-looking women. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you like that look, if you like the blonde hair, the blue eyes, the long legs, nah. the bitchiness. Nah, you can hold on to all that. <laughs> Very ice Not into that, Brian? That doesn't float your boat? Uh, yeah, it was, it was mostly sarcasm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that is interesting. What about the US? Is the US population declining? Because you is. both said I, it's, it's I know worldwide. It yeah, birth yeah, rates yeah. worldwide have been down for, you know, year over year for, you know, like Brian was saying, for the last little bit here. So Sean Strickland's right. All this feminist movement. All yeah. this independent women like these people getting out there, standing on their own two feet, being girl bosses. And every, it's going to uh, be the end of the world. This is a real this is going to be a real controversial thing to say, but. Uh, access to birth control really has uh, harmed human population because there used to be uh, a cost to having sex where it was like a risk risk reward situation, I guess, if, if you want to look at it like that. Where now it's it's no longer functional, but in society it's yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. But hold on, but on the flip side, you don't want a bunch of you don't want people not to have the choice. I, look, look, I'm not. I'm just. You know kidding. what I mean? Like, like, I'm just less, that- I, I'm. I, I believe a woman should be able to choose. I believe that a man should be able to put a condom on if he That's doesn't want to get saying. a woman pregnant. I, I'm not. I'm not taking a side on it either way i'm just no i know access to birth control has uh has contributed to lower birth rates accelerated the lower birth rates well yeah of course it has to i mean if you just look at it if you look at what it is it controls people getting pregnant right (laughs) you know what i mean so so before that yeah i mean every time i i don't know how what the success rate is at you know conceiving a child Oh yeah, but I don't I don't know that off the top. You of throw head. you throw the pill in the mix, then oh, that's down to zero. Hundred percent is uh is how it works. You just one time and you have a child. That's how it goes. No, but, at, this is what happened to Mike. Hey, I don't, <laughs> you had sex one time in your life and now you've got a child? No, he has a baby. I had the kind of sex that would produce a baby one time in my life. Or it was the, the immaculate conception. Yeah, dude, that was it. That was my Hail Mary. The one in a million oh my shot. God. Worked out perfect. Rebecca was like that. She was incredibly fertile. Mm-hmm. Just you look know, at yeah. her and she popped out a kid. She's a baby-making machine, I'm telling yeah. you. Um, all right. Well, I don't know too much about this subject. I just I just wanted to see the footage of Kim Jong-un crying his eyes out. Can we get that up? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I meant to find it a second ago. It, the Fox News article that we have is not cooperating. One second. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. I mean... I do see a lot of people saying that we're talking too much about politics and this is kind of lingering into politics a little bit. Well, but I think it's more of a social thing where it's like, if it's worldwide that people are not having babies, then it's not a political thing. It's a generational thing where why is this generation choosing to just stay children and not grow up and have kids? Well, because as the population, as human beings get more civilized and technology becomes better, whether that's medicine or technology in the traditional sense you know we get smarter and we figure out ways to control our destiny and our future you know and i guess ultimately that's a good thing you know what i mean and and by the way aren't all the bloody so-called experts saying that the world is massively overpopulated and we need to have less people on the planet anyway so i think that's very similar what's all the crying about i think that's very similar to the global warming argument where it's it's a lot more conjecture than it is uh based on on actual data yeah i'm not saying that i'm just saying i've seen people like bloody bill gates which i wouldn't trust a word that comes out of his mouth oh you know what i mean yeah no i I know i know i have friends in my life like and this is probably pretty unique to my situation uh, uh in the business that i work in but they're like literal millionaires who just don't want to have a family 
And it kind of blows my mind where it's like, if I had, if I had all the money in the world, Alex would never stop being pregnant. Being a dad is that much fun that it's like, I just don't, I don't understand why this new generate, like the, 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 these people who are around my age and younger don't value that whatsoever. Well, I agree. And it is the greatest joy on planet earth. And, but, but for some people, they don't necessarily need that. Like Ricky Gervais, have you seen him talk about it? Ricky Gervais, uh, did a whole bit on it on one of his stand-up specials. And he was saying there, he said, listen, I don't have children. And people always think that's weird. And he's like, I don't want a child. I'm very happy living my life. And that's the choice that him and his wife or partner have, have come to or the agreement that they've came to. And you, and you have to kind of respect that as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if they don't want to have children, they don't want to have children. Granted, as a father of three, I think they're missing out. Yeah, But they well, don't I mean- know that. I don't know. I kind of discount Ricky Gervais a little bit because he is like, he is an atheist and a bit of a nihilist, like a bit of, you know, it's all just oh, going so he's into- an atheist. So therefore you're just going to get rid of his opinion. I'm not going to get rid of his opinion, but that's somebody who doesn't believe in that, that, that there is a calling to one's life other that is higher than self. So obviously I don't believe in, self, I don't God. believe in God. I'm an atheist, but I have three children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what's I mean, your you- point? I just think that, oh, all right, fair enough. I just think that uh, when you make your, when you make yourself God, then, you know, obviously you're going to make decisions that are going to put you first over anything. Whereas you speak about being family first. I haven't seen the directive. Say again, Brian. Oh, sorry. I said, I think that there's a genetic directive even after you dismiss the uh, religion aspect of it, you still have a genetic directive to, to forward your, lineage you know so like i I wouldn't use that argument yeah 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 well well well, yeah but everyone's free to make their own choices and they decided not to have a child i haven't seen the stand-up special for quite some time so i can't remember if i'd have seen it more recently i I would remember the reasons why but as i say you know what i mean the point i was just bloody going up we're going on about ricky gervais and having a very polite argument and disagreement over it he just chose to not have children some people do some people do, you know, I, you know, it is the greatest joy on planet earth. Of course it is, you know, but not everybody, we're all different. We're all individuals. You know what I mean? And if you're going to talk shit about Ricky Gervais, we're going to fall out, Brian. At <laughs> Simple as that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. He's a very, very funny man. And if he doesn't want to have a baby Harrington, who the fuck are you to give him shit about it? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I saw that movie he did with Jennifer Garner. He had a cute kid in that movie. I feel like he's depriving the world. Yeah, that's that. Is, he's acting there. He's acting there. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by Prize Picks, which is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And they are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, DFS. It's just you against the numbers. It's very simple. Even my wife could do it. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including professionals and sharks, you just pick more or less than the game, right? So, for example, this weekend, it's the UFC. The one and only Anthony Smith is stepping up on very short notice. Will this fight against Khalil Roundtree, will it go over or under seven and a half minutes? What do you think? Make your pick. Tim Elliott, he's fighting. Will he land more or less over or under two takedowns? And if you want to go with the main event, what about Song Yudong? Will Song Yudong land over or under 85.5 significant strikes? 
as I said, it is extremely easy. And this is a way that you can 25x your money. Listen, you can test your skills on prize picks. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few simple taps, okay? By the way, prize picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts selects players up to 25% to provide even more value. So, right now, get yourself to prizepicks.com. It's a big fight this weekend. Anthony Smith is back in action. Put your faith in the man. Over or under seven and a half minutes. It's that easy. Prizepicks.com slash believe. Use the code believe. You will get a deposit match of up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash believe for a deposit match of up to $100. Sean Strickland, though, he's been. Uh, he's not acting. He's not. Well, <laughs> do you think he is a little yeah. bit? <laughs> Probably a little bit. I feel like I think Sean's is. playing up to the character and he's having fun. He's having fun with it. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know what? God bless him. Um, we're talking about, of course, we're going back to this whole Ian Gary situation. When that whole thing came out with Ian and the how to be a wag stuff, Sean was very vocal. A lot of people were vocal. Ian didn't like what he was, what he said, and there was threats of lawsuits and things like that. And I don't want to get into all that stuff. But then Sean Strickland put a video out yesterday. Of course, he's fighting next week, Ian Gary. So he was at the PI and they came face to face. And Ian Gary was looking at him hard. You guys, I went to the PI today and I ran into the fucking cucking Ian Gary. Awkward, man. Awkward. He looked at me hard, you know, security had to escort us around. Fucking awkward shit, right? I'm laughing my ass off. But anyways, Gary, I don't fucking hate you, dude. I actually like you. I think you're a fucking funny little dweeb. You make me fucking laugh. I think you're a dumbass fucking kid who got some pussy that was too good for him and it got in his head and it fucked you up and it fucked you up. I look at you like a victim. I don't want to fight you, bro. I'm happy for your success. I'm happy for you. But if you look at me hard and you're feeling some kind of way, if you're feeling like, if you're feeling some kind of way that you need to get this shit fucking handled and you want to look at me hard and, and that's what you want, slide up in the DMs, bro. I don't want it. But if that's what you want, you know where to find me, man. So you guys, I went to the PI. Hey, hey and, and listen, no, fair enough. If Ian Gary's talking shit online, which he has been, and Sean's been talking shit, and granted, you, you might be able to sway an argument in Ian Garren's favour saying that he shouldn't be talking about his wife, which I totally understand. But they're both fighters. They're both very good fighters. They're both similar weight classes. Sean's weight class above. I I think we talked about this a few weeks ago when it first happened. You know, Ian going down this like threatening lawsuits and things like that, that never made sense to me. What he should do is go out there and try and beat Vincente Luque and then get on the microphone and call out Sean Strickland. Say, hey, listen, I'm now seven in a row, okay? But I, I'm in line for a title fight. But never mind, Leon Edwards. I'm moving up. I want Sean Strickland. You've been talking shit. You've been talking about my wife, blah, 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 all the rest of it. And if Sean gets through Drickus, you never know. Crazier things have happened. Yeah, and I mean, it, what you definitely don't want to do is show up to the performance institute, right? Which is your mutual place of business and try to make things awkward there where security has to get involved. Because at that point, you're not selling pay-per-views. You're not, you're not getting the narrative forward. You're simply creating a hostile work environment, something he's been accused of now in 
to two different gyms and now the PI. What are you what are you doing? You're a fighter. Settle it like a fighter, not a, some angry chick who's going to show up to your job. Yeah, not to mention that that is UFC ground. You know, you know what I'm saying? And then the reality is the UFC now, Dan has always said he's dealt with this for however many years it is now since they bought the company. You know, a lot of crazy shit goes down. You've got, I don't know what the roster is. I think it's like 750, something like that. Let's just say it's 800 people. It's got 800 people that are quote unquote cage fighters for a living. You know what I mean? So shit goes down. People see each other, a little bit of tempers flare, People have to get separated. It's not too often it escalates into a full-on fight. And most of the time when it does, they end up clinching, which is bizarre. Just like <laughs> bo professional boxers. I forget who it was now. I think it was Herbie Hyde back in the day and someone else. Two world-class boxers got into a scrap, and within seconds, they're rolling around on the floor. You know, but... You think that has something to do with a self-preservation instinct? Like, we don't really want to throw hands with no gloves and nobody stopping us, so we're just going to grapple and roll around? Well, no, because in a boxing match, they, they do clinch a lot as well, and the referee has to step in and break them up. I just think that that's why knowing how to grapple in a real fight situation, which we saw in UFC 1, let's be honest, is absolutely imperative to know how to fight and how to handle yourself in the street. Because two boxers, you go in, you throw the punches, it's certainly in the street and there's other people around and it's a, a close environment. It's hard not to clinch a little bit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, they don't want to be doing that at the PI because that will cause shit. But you brought up the fact that he's getting thrown out of a lot of gyms, Harrington. I mean, he he is, and I think it's because of behavior like this, right? Like you're you're bringing in a, a, a Twitter beef and just trying to stare someone down. It's like you know you're going to be in the same space as this guy. He's the champion of the world who lives in Las Vegas, who trains a lot out of the Performance Institute. You knew you were going to run into him. Do you mm. do you need headlines this bad to just be staring someone down, or can you handle this in a in a way that you know people are going to look on more favorably? Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. I agree. I know that Ian's turned off all the comments on his social media, you know, because he doesn't want that shit. And just like, just doing stuff like this is probably going to make it worse. I think all he needs to do is just focus on Vincente Luque. Go out, have a great performance, and then just not address it. Just not address it and stop trying to, I don't know, I wasn't there. We're taking Sean's version of events as gospel, right? None of us were there. We don't know. Um, but if it is like that, yeah, just 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 settle down and all of that. I understand as a human being, when people are talking about you, that's one thing. When people are talking about your wife, it's it's very easy to get triggered. You know what I'm saying? Like you can say anything you want about me all day long. I get it all day, every day. I've had it throughout my career. I'm an easy target. You know what I mean? I'm a loud mouth. I do a podcast. I was fighting. I was promoting fights. So therefore, as I say, easy target. And if you give some, you got to take some. But when someone starts talking about your wife, and your family situation, all of a sudden you're acting in a way that maybe you wouldn't in the cold light of day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if someone on the street was attacking Aura, no, I don't mean attacking, I mean talking shit to your family, you're walking down the street. I mean, what would she say? No, I, I understand that, but this isn't walking down the street. This is online. And people talk shit about my wife online quite a bit. They say very You're going to hate me for some reason. What's her name again? Alex. Fuck! Yeah, of course it is. I'm not. Yeah. What? What would she say? I hope you were gonna. I was hoping you would say Alex. I was like trying to like you know, Alex. Yeah. Why do people talk shit about Alex?
because it's just fun to talk shit about people that you see on comedy podcasts, like people who are fans of, of this content, they want to be in on the joke too. They see other people making fun. So it's, I mean, I get fuck you Harrington's on here all the time for a reason, because that's fun for people to do. So the, 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 what what I'm getting at, but, 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 but that's a joke and you know, that is right. But it's like, if you're, if you're in Ian Gary's shoes, right? You knew going into this arrangement that you have, whatever it is, whatever situation you have with your living with, with her ex-husband and he's your nutritionist. And I'm not casting any judgment on that, but you have to know that's a less than normal scenario that you're putting yourself into. So if you're secure and you made this woman, your wife, and you are, this is how you're going to build your life. Be secure in that decision and don't let this get to you. Don't let this bother you. You have to have had 10 times worse uh, uh, conversations in your head than whatever anyone's saying to you. So for you to then freak out like this, it just shows your own insecurity and and projections that you're putting on this situation. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, to be honest. I don't disagree with anything. And if that whole situation, and we haven't really talked about this in depth, that whole situation, it, it is unusual. You know what I mean? And it's hard for a lot of people to understand and contemplate uh, and to even imagine that kind of reality. And that's why Sean's coming out and using words like cook and all the rest of it. Uh, and it is unusual. To be honest, you've got to be mature enough because if they're mature enough to have that kind of situation, of course, you, there's got to be a lot of maturity in that situation. If everything we've heard is true, there's got to be a lot of maturity there. If you're that mature, you've got to be mature enough to understand that people are going to hear that and they're going to come out and they're going to talk shit. That's just, that's just the reality of the situation because it is a very unusual situation. And you didn't get to the point where you're at, where this is now headline worthy and, and everyone can make this like now a months long topic of conversation right? Without being very good at your job. And it seems like he's Mm. lost focus on the, like, I'm a a top fighter in the world. I should be fighting for a world title into this personal drama. It's like, have some conviction in the choices that you've made in life and stand by that. Let your fighting do the talking for you. Oh shit. You're really coming after him. You're fired up on this. No, no, no. I like it. I like it. I'm not giving you shit. (laughs) I'm like, you're really firing out these facts and opinions here. You're really going after him. I mean, look, as someone who has a very unconventional life myself, like I, I get taken to the woodshed constantly for the choice that I've made in my life, but I stand by those choices, right? I would not be in the position that I'm in having the life that I have right now, which I love without having been homeless, you know, for instance, right? So like nothing anyone throws at me, it can hurt my feelings. So why are you letting this get under your skin when you're a a world-class fighter, (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Well, when you put it like that, you do raise a good point because he's successful. You know, I don't know his financial situation, but I'm sure it's pretty good, you know. And again, I don't want to talk. I just don't like talking about it simply because, you know, I work for the UFC. I see him around. I met him down in Brazil recently. It was great. So I don't want to pass judgment. But I do agree with what you say, you know. And when you're stable, you're successful, he's young, he's good looking, you know, he's charismatic, he talks well, you know. He is kind of being his own worst enemy right now. And turning the, I understand to a certain degree turning off the comments on his Instagram and all the rest of it because people are just going to come out with shit and you'd rather not see that. And he's trying to focus on the fight, you know. I think he should address it coming up to the fight, though. I think he should. I think he'd probably do himself a favor by coming out and just say, hey, listen, I know what you're all going to ask about. I know what you're all probably thinking. Here's what I'm going to say about it. I'm going to say about this. This is my private life. This is my woman. This is, She's the mother of my child. 
And then let's just fucking leave it there. And if you guys don't like it, you don't like it. But we do. And we're very happy. But I understand what you're saying. Him reacting to such, such a fever pitch every time and trying to fight Sean Strickland. I mean, Sean Strickland ain't putting on an act. Sean Strickland, you know, Sean Strickland will not fuck around. Fuck around and you will find out. And also, talking of putting on acts, this act got me yesterday. I was watching this. Right, and play the tape in just a second when I when I request. It's Ric Flair and Michael Chandler, and I should have <laughs> known. I should have known, right? And as we know, Michael Chandler is such a great promoter. He gets on the microphone and he's always got a good promo, and I'm very much inspired by Ric Flair. And Ric Flair's been doing the rounds on a lot of podcasts lately. And uh, I, because they're in a bar, they're in a pub. And Ric Flair gets into his face and he's talking shit and all the rest of it. And Chandler, I tell you. He's a good little actor because he had me fooled, right? I was he, fucking got by this. 100%. 100%. Sure. 100%. 100%. Michael Chandler's going to be in movies if he was two foot taller. Um, <laughs> he's going to be in movies, right? That, that would, that, Chandler's giving him so much shit and his reactions were spot on. And the only way it was the punch of Ric Flair. The, the, the mm-hmm. punch, it was like, oh, okay, this is, this, is, this is fake. But go on, Brian, play the tape because this was I've really always- good. I don't do what around. you do. You've been I don't doing this for over 60 years. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but you've been doing it for 60 I 52. Don't overdate okay, me, pal. But, but you've been doing it. I don't do a shit. In your face. I don't do lines, Rick. I'm well, then, 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 then the car shoots you in the head there. You, 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 you bullshit. Okay, I get it. You've done the thing. You're a fucking piss ass. I do, I'm not as good as you. I don't I know you're not. I fucking know good at I apologize. You're in the locker room and it wasn't... Well, I'm poking okay. it out. What do you think about it? No, it was good. Move it's my good. hand. Move my hand. No, move my you're, fucking you're, hand. You're a legend. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Actually, you are a cocky old man, like old man who just passed his prime, and you keep on doing your thing. Woo hoo! Five O's. Damn, dude. Just don't. Just like, dude. You're right. Don't. It was a good bit. It was a good bit. Fair play. Because you know the reality is that could happen. Ric Flair's doing the rounds. They're in a bar. They're in a pub. Michael Chandler. That's the one part actually that should know. Michael Chandler does not frequent bars. Okay. (laughs) Definitely not the bars Ric Flair's drinking at. No. Michael Chandler's at home doing wholesome activities. He's chopping wood. He's mixing protein shakes and he's doing squats and deadlifts. Well, um, Ric Flair is notoriously like uh, he gets he gets a little tipsy and then he does have like moments. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, Michael Chandler has the most self-control of any man yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I know, because Ric Flair, I mean, listen, I'm sure he was a handful back in his day. And I'm sure down the senior citizens club, he could he could handle his own for sure. But let's be honest, if Michael Chandler decided to just go crazy, it would have been. It would have been bad. It would have been bad. What would Conor McGregor done in that same situation, though? Uh, you, an old man in a bar? Come on, an you old know man exactly in a bar. Come <laughs> on. Would have knocked him right out. <laughs> oh shit! It's truck. okay. Musical chairs uh, with Brian McKay. Uh, yeah, we know what McGregor would have done in that situation. Oh, yeah, dude. God. Two hits. <laughs> McGregor hitting him. Hit him hitting the floor. Um. 
Is McGregor in the notes? You put McGregor in the notes somewhere. Right? I did. But yeah. I feel not... like we talked about this the other day, didn't we? So we, we, I didn't put him in the MMA section. I put him in the non-MMA section because the man, right? He's 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 gotten some some grief over some of the things that he said on social media. The prime minister was was caught saying he was inciting riots and this that the other thing. McGregor's had enough of it. Time for a new PM. Mr. Yeah, McGregor himself. We, we talked about this. We did not talk about him talking about running for political office. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. I did see this now because, you know, obviously I follow McGregor. Uh, he's, uh, is he, do you think he's serious? And jump on, Brian. Let's have a three way conversation. Do, do you think he's actually serious? Fucking <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Like, for it, real. No, I, I genuinely do think he is because why not? Like once well, you've done, no, go on, go on, go on. I was gonna say once you've done as much as he has, right, in the country of Ireland, and you are a naturalized citizen where you can run for the highest office in the land, what what left is there to do? Well, the, well yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, but you know, I, and listen, you know, with the the level of success that he's had, with that comes a certain confidence, and with that comes certain sense of sometimes maybe arrogance, maybe delusion or whatever. And I'm not saying he's deluded, but I'm saying when, when, when you've come to the UFC, you've taken over the sport, you become the biggest star by bar none. You've got ridiculous amounts of money. Your social media is absolutely gigantic. You've got security guards with you wherever you go. You know, when you can do that, you know, you think you can do other things like Dan Bilzerian. I remember Dan Bulzarian doing that no interview. Dan I just Bulzerian, watched the thing on him. Did you really? Sunk. Oh, my I, God. I Dan, Dan Bulzarian, I saw him doing this interview, and I'm not ripping on him, but it's a similar kind of thing. He was doing an interview, and the guy's like, what's one thing that you would like to do? And he goes, yeah, um, I think I'd like to run for president one day. You know, just like a bucket list thing. You just said I did it, you know. Yeah, I think I could do that. Yeah, I'll become president one day. And I was watching it, and I'm like, I get it. I don't mean to rip on him, but this is what I'm talking about. You get successful and all the rest of it, and you think anything is possible. But the reality is, you know, now I know there's a bit of a love-hate thing going on with McGregor, but I think the amount of people that love him would probably be enough if they went to a general election. Conor McGregor, Prime Minister of Ireland. Yeah, I mean, think wow. about it like this. Think about, like, the demographics for voting in your mind. How many do you think, how many registered voters do you think are big time UFC fans? I think he wins by a landslide if he gets Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think he brings out a significant amount of people who have just skipped voting for the last 20 years because it's been that long since they've had a candidate they actually cared about one way or another. And you'd bring out a lot of jaded millennials. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of jokes here, but I'm not going to say, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's a there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, I mean, McGregor's had a bit of a colorful history, shall we say? Oh, a bit yeah. of a colorful past. You well, know, I don't, I don't know what kind of look sorry. At- I said, look at Donald Trump. It's, it, yeah. I, I would imagine it's a very similar situation. You get a, like a huge, like star, for one reason or another, and uh, and I think he dark horse. I think he would win it. I think. Yeah, and to be fair, a lot of those things are just allegations. None of them, none, right? none of the charges came through and stuff like that. We got cocaine popping up at the White House. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the least of the bullshit that's coming out of the White House these Rob, days. Oh, Rob yeah. Ford and Marion Barry both got elected again after going to jail for crack cocaine. <laughs> did they, sorry, who did it? I'm not familiar with. Say again. Uh, it's a Canadian politicians. They were mayors 
and right. uh, or Marion Barry, I think was Marion Barry was DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was who was the mayor of Toronto? The Rob mayor Ford. of Toronto, who was a wild man, the big fat yeah. dude, right? Yeah, the big fat dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he got reelected after he went to jail for crack. <laughs> yeah. I like that guy. I, like, I saw an interview with him. I thought he was hilarious. And then the more I found out about his past and what he does, I was like, this guy's great. Now, granted, I don't know if I want him running the, uh, you know, a city like Toronto, but no, but my sounds like a fun bar. guy. Yeah. 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 Run a bar. So uh, to be fair to McGregor, I do think he's been planting these seeds for quite a while, right? Like you think back during the pandemic when uh, uh, nurses and doctors couldn't get uh, uh, per personal protective equipment. McGregor himself went to hospitals with like, I mean, there's video of him doing it, right? Like he's been on, uh, he, he's been very early to donate into charities and things of that nature, building homes for the, the homeless in Dublin. You can make a case. Conor McGregor has done more for the people of Ireland over the last five years than the Irish government government so and especially not? with the way that the irish government is being uh being essentially lambasted right now for their open immigration policy i mean you see what's going on the whole well that's what i was just about to say sorry yeah that's what i'm about to say yeah i mean the immigration and a lot of people are sick of it of course immigration is a good thing people need help but it's just out of control and being exploited and taken advantage of and it's uprooting and causing a lot of problems for the people that live there you know you know i, saw, I, I sent you a video the other day didn't i from uh, russell Brand. Brand. He was talking about yeah. it. it. Was actually very, very interesting watching. Well, because it's happening in the UK too. Of course, yeah, of course, absolutely, absolutely. It's a big issue there as well. But still, anyway, should we move on? Aljamain Sterling's talking about uh, going up to one forty-five, fighting Max Holloway, and then getting a shot at Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, so he was saying, you know, the the obviously the plan was beat Sean O'Malley, go up to 145, immediately challenge Volkanovski. He's retooled that uh, into, you know, he, he he does definitely want to take the fight at 145. He says Max Holloway is right there, and he thinks it'll put him in a title into title contention. Volkanovski agrees. Uh, he says with his resume at Bantamweight, get that win over Volk over Max Holloway, and I'm right here waiting for you. First of all, that's great, Volkanovski. You know what I mean? To welcome another contender. You know what I mean? Not trying to say, well, no, he's got to have a few more fights first. You know, he's got to really establish himself. I think Aljamain Sterling gets a lot of shit from people. I mean, he, he always did, even when he was champion. Who did he beat? It was Cejudo. He beat Cejudo, then he was getting booed in New Jersey. Remember that? Yeah, and his, yeah, like his uh, home game for him. His hometown, pretty much, and he was getting booed there. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves. That's a fact. Uh, but he's a tremendous fighter, which, again, just speaks loudly as to the improvements of Sugar Sean O'Malley. And that's why I'm hyped for that fight with Cheeto. But, yeah, I mean, listen, going up to 145, he was massive at bantamweight. And that's going right into the deep end. And as we know, Max Holloway is the next best guy. He, he's the next best guy after Volkanovski. Yeah, he's think... Go on, go on. I was going to say he's the best number one contender in any division. Oh God! And well, he was he was like the the bantamweight Robert Whittaker for a, for a long time. Yeah, Robert Whittaker's not that guy anymore. If you know what I'm saying, because he lost to Drickus Duplessis. Not talking shit about Whittaker, but do you think if so, Volkanovski's saying that because he probably thinks in his mind he's going to beat Ilya Taporia, right? And you understand why he thinks that, but that's not a foregone conclusion. He's probably thinking if he can get through, Aljamain can get through Holloway, 
then great. There's another fight for me. Do you think if Holloway beats Aljamain Sterling, that creates the next fight for Holloway against Volkanovsky? At, at a certain point, you just have to, right? Like it's, it's, it, you know, like the, 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 he, Volkanovsky said, do not feed Iliot Taporia to Max Holloway because I need a contender, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, he just needs to, he needs to fight someone. And, and when you're a guy like Volkanovsky who between him and Holloway, I feel like they've beaten every single person in the top 10. You, you just need the new blood. And if that new blood isn't going to come, I, I guess we're in for a fourth Max Holloway fight. Yeah. Well, he beat Arnold Allen. He beat Chang Sung Jung. He beat Yaya Rodriguez, Kelvin Cater, Frankie Edgar. And the only man since 2019, all right, granted, he went up to lightweight and fought Dustin Poirier and lost by decision. But at 145, it's Volkanovski. That's it. Everyone else, he kind of breezes through them. He really does. He, and not saying he makes it look easy because that's an insult. You know, Arnold Allen definitely showed up and had some success but it was a clear victory for Max Holloway. Arnold knew that, the crowd knew that, we all knew that. But Arnold definitely gave him some, you know, he made him work, made him work, but it was a clear victory. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a fourth one because a fourth, because we still have the question, right? We still have the question because he keeps beating these contenders. I think if he was to fight Max a fourth, sorry, Alex a fourth time, we can't have a fifth. Yeah, but we that said has that, to be that that has to be the last one. We said that after the third. <laughs> I know, but it's like, okay, we're gonna give you a fourth shot. It's like fucking Colby Covington. Do you know what I mean? How many title fights is he gonna get? This right. is the last one. How many well, title fights has Colby Covington had? Uh he's had two against Kamara. He's had three. Well, yeah, the interim title fight. As exactly. Well. No, because yeah. I said that on a YouTube video, and everyone in the comments is like, "What the fuck, Bisping? He's only had two. Like, well, no, he fought Rafael dos Sanchez for the interim belt. Okay, so you know you got to give him his credit there, and then two against Kamaru. Um, but yeah, no, that's got to be it. That absolutely has well, to be the final one. So, would you prefer a fourth fight or him going up to lightweight and getting like an instant number one contender fight? Who, who was the opponent that he was rumored to be facing? Was he talking about Justin? Yeah, it was Justin Gagey, right? Were people talking yeah, about that? Justin Gagey, that Max would Holloway. Love a fight. And again, that's what you got to love about Max. I don't think many people are calling out Justin Gagey. No. Certainly somebody at 145 that isn't the champion. When Justin Gage is not the champion, you know what <laughs> I mean? So in some ways, there's not really much to gain other than respect and another payday. But you can do that with far lesser opponents and far less dangerous than Justin Gagey. As I said, that's why you got to love the old Maxi baby. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that guy. He's great, man. He's great. What else have we got before we get to questions? We'll have to make it a shorter one. Oh, Hamza Chimiev says that he will be having surgery to repair his torn ligament this week and will be ready to return for about a UFC 300. That's a shame. Well, I mean, I don't know. You you knew that it was likely coming. Um, I, I would assume it was a thing where, because he knew the, the the ligament was torn right after the Kamaru fight. So I'm assuming it was a thing where he left it for a few weeks, see if it started to heal on his own. And then the doctor said, nah, you need surgery. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That makes sense. Of course, I'm just saying it's a shame that he won't be able to fight before then. You know, UFC 300, a lot of people are wrangling to be on UFC 300. It seems like almost every week another fight is coming out and they're saying it. And of course, I understand why it's going to be one of the biggest cards of the year. I think out of all the people, 
And do we know who those people are off the top of your head? Who's some of the people that have been calling for it? Of course, there is McGregor, I think Jim Miller, Jim Miller. Mm-hmm. No, Chandler McGregor's not going to be on it. No. Okay. John, no, John Kavanaugh came out, didn't he? Oh, did he really? Did you not see that he was speaking to Ariel Hawani a few weeks ago now? A few weeks ago, he said that, yeah, no, that fight's not happening then. They're going to push it to International Fight Week. Okay. Wow. That's when McGregor was like, they're messing with my mental health. God, that sucks like, for Michael be, Chandler. You're going to be the Prime Minister of England, <laughs> of Ireland. Relax. Your mental health is fine. You're right. The one that's suffering mental health issues is Michael Chandler. That's why he's out there putting on skits with fucking Ric Flair because he's like I've got nothing else to do I've, I've done my 5,000 steps I've done 100 pull-ups 25 squats I've had 3 protein shakes I've had 8 hours sleep and I've read 2 books today now I'm going to go fuck around with Ric Flair because I certainly haven't got a fight at what point do you think Michael Chandler just says that's it enough's enough I'm going to take another fight never I think he came to the UFC to fight Conor McGregor <laughs> I know, but at some point, at some point, like the pride as a man has to kick in. At I, some point, because because you're just you're just waiting for McGregor. That's all you're waiting for. And how long's it been now? It's been a long time. At some probably, point, I, I'm not ripping on McGregor. McGregor. McGregor's his own man. He can do whatever he wants. I'm saying at some point you've got to say to yourself, and I'm not ripping on Chandler. I'm just sympathizing with him. At some point, you've got to say, well, I'm not dancing to someone else's tune. Dana, can I get another fight in the meantime, please? Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, like it's he's waited almost a year at this point, right? Like when they, they announced that McGregor versus Chandler was going to be the season for uh, Tough in February of this year. Right. So we're we're two months away from it being a year now that he's had had McGregor on his radar. It's like, why? Why would you give that up when you can? Right. He's not he's not falling in the rankings. It's not hurting his standing with the company. It's still the biggest fight, uh, arguably, that they can book right now. So, yeah, you know, and course. he gets no, to, no. he gets to be a personality who's a top five UFC lightweight. And also, um, if he loses a fight, that fight is off the table. Right. No, all valid points. But another valid point is that July 2024 is a long way away. Okay. <laughs> That's a long time. And guess what? People get injured in training camps, right? <laughs> Conor McGregor might get arrested for hate speech. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He might, he might get assassinated in the street. He might get assassinated. Do you know what I mean? That's a real. That's a real uh, possibility for him if he tries to take yeah. over the country. That's I think what Connor's got some IRA point. connections. I think he's going to be all right in the that's streets. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll be all right in the streets, but you know who knows? Maybe so some poisonous darts or something might come <laughs> yeah. through the window. But uh, no, but the, my, my point is, and I totally get it. Of course, it's the big payday, and of course, he's waited this long. So why not wait longer? I'm just saying, at some point, when do you? Be, and of course, if you lose, then you don't get the 
You don't get that fight. But that's not how fighters think. Fighters think, well, I'm going to win. Give me another fight. Give me someone a bit down the pecking order just so I can stay fresh, just so I can stay making money, stay motivated, stay in the public light, bolster that case, show, hey, listen, here's the reason why you should fight me in McGregor because I was ballsy enough to take another fight in the interim and I whooped his ass and you owe me that fight. We faced off in the octagon. We did the season of the ultimate fighter. I just knocked him out cold. Come on, step, stop being a pussy, step up, stay get in the octagon stop fighting your battles on twitter and let's fucking go well yeah that's the thing right it's like uh if you win you have so much more leverage if you win a, a fight in the interim you're like no fuck you that's absolutely my next fight but does he have lose, that much you're out but hold on but hold on but if he lost is the fight off the table i don't know if it is mcgregor lost his last one mm. they still coach the ultimate fighter yeah, the, you know what I mean. It could still be on the table. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. M- yeah. McGregor is coming off of two straight losses, so it would <laughs> it would match up with the the way the UFC temp- typically books matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to see the fight. I do want to see the fight, and yeah. at the same time, I do. I, I feel for Chandler. He's one of the nicest guys, man. He really is. Bit of breaking news this morning. Uh, Alexander Rakic says that Jan Blahovic will be it has pulled out of their fight. Um, you know, at, at, I think it was UFC 297 in January, uh, yeah. and he asked for a, a short notice replacement. Said, uh, "Does G- Yuri Prohaska have the balls to step up?" Yuri responded, saying that he would be available for a fight as early as February or March, and asked if that timetable worked for Rakic. Oh, interesting, interesting. Anthony Smith could do it. He could jump in. He loves a short notice fight. Ooh, against Rakic. Well, they fought before. Yeah, get that. He back. lost by decision, right? Get that one back. There you go. Then your case is made. Oh, yeah, it's definitely made. We know Anthony wants to fight for the belt. If he beats Khalil Roundtree Saturday night on the microphone, hey, Rakic, you're looking for an opponent? I'm right here, brother. That's two big paydays back-to-back for Anthony Smith, and that is 100% putting him in line for a title fight. That's the plan. That's the play. Be as what it may. Lay by the bay, make things out of clay. They just may listen to what he say. He's going to make some hay Saturday. I'm impressed by that one, to be completely honest. <laughs> you like that one? That one was good. Oh, dear, I didn't know where I was going with it. Oh, <laughs> shit. That would be good, though. That would be good. And a legend would be born. I mean, come on, that would be some gangster shit right there. All right, let's talk about Shopify.com that are sponsoring today's episode. If you have a business, if you're an entrepreneur or you have a business idea, you need to be online. You need to sell online to the worldwide marketplace. Now, often that can sound complicated. That can sound daunting, time consuming and expensive, but not with Shopify. Shopify is there to assist you every single step of the way. And it makes it so easy. Instantly, we'll let you sell on the internet. Instantly, we'll let you sell an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell on social media marketplaces like TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. By the way, it's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. And Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. By the way, they also have 24-7 help. Okay. And an extensive business library course. If you want to, you know, you want to learn about the systems and just basically better yourself. So 
What more are you waiting for? Well, you're waiting for the offer, which is an incredible one, because if you have a business and you want to wait, make money and you really want to take your business to the next level, Shopify is the way to do it. And right now for a trial period, you can sign up for just $1 per month. Go to shopify.com slash believe. Whatever that business is, what is what, what's that idea? There's a few people listening to this right now. You've got an idea. Take a stab in the dark. Go for it. Give it a try. Sign up to shopify.com. Get online very, very simply, and it will cost you $1 per month when you go to shopify.com slash believe, all lowercase, shopify.com slash believe. Take your business to the next level today. Start your business today. Go to shopify.com slash believe. Um, okay, listen, short to show today, ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize. I've got to leave. I've got a lot of things going on. I've been neglecting my everyday issues because I've been organizing what is quite possibly going to be the greatest show that has ever been presented to mankind. And tickets are available at Tales from the Ox. No, they're not. Myticket.co.uk. Tales from the Ox gone too. Still, if you've got a question, please send it into bympod at gmail.com. And if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating, positive review. It really helps out on those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new episode drops. And if you want to catch up our 500 episodes you can't find anywhere else, head to gasdigital.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get a seven-day free trial. And check out over 20 great shows on the network. All right. So we got one good question today. This one is from Hayden. And uh, he's asking about some jiu-jitsu etiquette what's up guys hayden from uh, right outside of uh, new orleans louisiana here uh got a question just competed in a jiu-jitsu tournament um went really well uh but i got a really solid toehold on a guy he didn't tap had all the cracking and popping and all that stuff so i jumped up let go he's kind of stunned rather than in pain a little bit didn't tap and the ref is telling me look he didn't tap get back on it you know like the, the match isn't over and i was like man like his foot's like not okay so i'm not gonna do that and then after about 30 seconds of arguing the dude was like yeah i can't go anymore but i mean i don't know i just kind of want to know your opinion on one uh what's your philosophy on that didn't verbally tap you know this is a jiu-jitsu tournament this isn't even like a submission hunter pro there's no money here and then two like should that guy tap or sh- is it my- is it okay for like what I did, you know? Or should he have tapped to, if anything, because like you don't want your opponent to feel bad for your stupidity kind of situation. Anyway, I don't know. Love the podcast. Been watching for five hundred episodes. Let's go, my guy, my guy. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, that's an interesting question, and there's no real set answer to it because when you're out there doing jujitsu uh, and toe holes specifically, they're, they're ones that will generate a few cracks and a few pops. And the reason I say it's a bit of a tricky one is because sometimes when you hear a crack and a pop, it's sometimes that's just air. You know what I mean? And I, I've done toe holds on people and I've heard tremendous amounts of popping and I've shit my pants. I, I, I've told the story a while ago. I was in New Orleans, actually. I was doing a seminar with, um, my God, something uh, Hegan, Hegan Machado. We were doing okay. a seminar in New Orleans. Or was it New Orleans? Baton Rouge, just outside. And uh, yeah, I did a toe hole, a rolling toe hole, and it, it popped to hell. And I was like, oh, shit. But the guy was totally fine. No injuries. Um, an amateur jiu-jitsu competition, you shouldn't be trying to hurt your opponent, okay? It's not the UFC. There's no money on at stake. There's nothing at stake. A bit of pride. 
So you don't want to hurt anybody. Heel hooks, of course, very, very dangerous. Arm bars, again, you know what I mean? Arm bars will generate a lot of pain, so generally people will tap before you start hearing popping. If the arm starts popping, you got to start stopping. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but the toe hold is a weird one. I mean, just... You can make, you know, there's air in there. You can hear your knuckles crack and stuff like that. Um, I guess you could have held it on and just said, ref, his leg's popping. Do you know what I mean? Should I start stopping? Do you know what I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm just well, wondering, like, because I, I remember, like, people had an issue with Paul Harris, just the fact that he would go for leg locks in general, right? And, like, people yeah, no, but that's to- different. That yeah. is way different. What he was doing, he was doing heel hooks. He was tearing the tendons out of people's legs, ripping ligaments and just not giving a damn and then holding it on after the referee would stop the fight. That's something completely different. And that's also a professional mixed martial arts where you're fighting and you're on a quest to become champion of the world and you're getting compensated good amounts of money. That's your professional career. These are just some guys going to a local competition, testing their skills, getting involved in the jiu-jitsu community. And generally, it's a nice vibe. That's why I always say children should do jiu-jitsu. Because when you go into those environments, it's not overly competitive. Everyone's there to learn to get better, unless it's like a professional team, unless it's like a competition team, pardon me. The, the, The vibe isn't overly competitive. You know, yeah, you'll have some guys that you have a good role with here and there. But it's not like tooth and nail, you're fucking rolling your head off, you know? So a competition like that, low-level amateur thing, there's no hard and fast rule. I guess you just play it by ear. It sounds like he did the right thing. Well, I'm just saying, for something like that, wouldn't it make sense to be like, hey, guys, no leg locks. Like, they're too easy to hurt a joint or or, or mess up a knee thing. And this is an amateur nonsense thing. So let's just, you know, let's keep it above, above the waist for all your submission attempts. But that's what they do have in most of them. They have no heel hooks. Because, again, the, the, the toe hold, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. At the very most, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. But it's just like you might stretch some tendons. Mm. You know what I mean? But you, you're not going to do what you're going to do on a heel hook. A heel hook, you're going to, you're going to rip the ACL. You're going to tear tendons and ligaments. And you, you might not compete again. And you're certainly going to be out to six to nine months on the worst end of the spectrum you know so heel hooks more for the most part are banned in england the way they do um mixed martial arts is that you have amateur semi-pro and professional amateur uh it might have changed a little bit because i haven't been there for a while and i'm not involved in the regional scene guys uh no but but so amateur no shots to the head i believe semi-pro it is shots to the head but there's no leg locks no heel hooks uh, and obviously pro is pro, you know, so that's kind of like your progression, your steps up. But, uh, but yeah, well, thank you for the question. Uh, Monday, hopefully, we're going to be back. Well, we are going to be back. Hopefully, Anthony's going to be back. Hopefully, he's going to be back successful. Hopefully, he's going to be back healthy. You know, that's the first and foremost, you know, get through the fight. You want to be successful, but you want to make sure that you have your faculties. You don't have any injuries. He doesn't end up in surgery or anything like that. I mean, look at Modestus Bukowskis. So hopefully he makes it to the show on Monday, fine and healthy. That's number one. Number two is comes back victorious. Number three tells us all about it. And number four brings it. Thank you for supporting the show. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's a short one today, so we apologize for that. But we'll be back on Saturday. We're going to do a live stream. Keep an eye out for that. I'll post something. It'll be, uh, we're going to schedule it pretty soon. So put your reminders on. Saturday, me, Hamilton Bryant, live stream, alternative commentary. commentary. Let's go, Anthony Smith. Enjoy your weekends. See you on Monday.